Hey guys, welcome to Renee All Day. I am here with Hayden Hurst. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Appreciate you having me. It's a hell of a name. I feel like having the name Hayden Hurst kind of already like set you up for success. I had to be some sort of pro athlete. <laughs> Let alone in two sports. I'll Add that. Yeah. That's insane. We'll get into some of that stuff, but I want to talk um, some fashion with you first and foremost because you've really, um, you know, you've really brought back the uh, the crop top for men. Thank Absolutely. you, yes. by yeah. the way. Yeah. Uh, what went into, you know, figuring out that that was going to be a look that you could pull off? Not an easy look to do, but you do it with grace. Well, it started off as something pretty innocent. Um, I just sweat a lot by nature. <laughs> okay. So my jersey and like training camp and stuff gets like soaked. So when I run, it hits my gloves and my gloves get all wet. So rolled it up, but, you know, I had to work my ass off in the weight room and get a six pack because I can't be can't be chunky out there. So listen, that's what I want to talk about because it, as a woman, it's near impossible to buy a shirt that's not a crop top. Correct. I don't know that I love the crop top for me. It's great for you, but I don't want to worry about six pack abs. I mean, it just depends on the person. You got to like sit up straight or like yep. if I know I'm going to be out walking somewhere, I can do it. If I got to sit down, maybe crop top's not the choice. That's how I like in the stretch line when I'm like hunched <laughs> over and they're taking pictures. I'm like, let me, let me stand up a little bit Shoulders so you don't get the rolls. Back. <laughs> Um, okay, so the crop top is prevalent everywhere. Uh, you're making it popular for men. What is a fashion look that you hate? Mm. I'm not a big fan of like the designer stuff that literally just has like name brand, name brand, Rotten. all over Rotten. the stuff. I think it yeah. just looks kind of corny and goofy to me. Yeah, it is it's not my taste, but. Where do you stand on the high-waisted pant? Hate it. You do. I knew it. Guys don't like the high-waisted pants. It's, it's weird. Women do because we're like, great, I don't have to worry about anything. But <laughs> It just looks like there's wedgies going on and it's tough. And no. it's, it, it provides a long butt cheek. Right. Which maybe we don't need. Right. It looks kind of, a long butt cheek looks kind of goofy. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm riding it out because I do appreciate it. I've had a child, so I will take the high-waisted yeah. pant. But I get the perspective of maybe not loving it so much. Um, okay, so your energy on and off the field is infectious. How do you kind of keep on the up and ups? That's just who I am. I know it, it. Maybe sometimes it seems like it's it might be you know acted or something like that, but I don't know. I just when I get on the football field and I put my helmet on, I just flip a switch. I become a maniac, and yeah. I try to be that guy that people feed off of and go to for the energy. Just because I love it. For me, it's like when I strap on the pads and my last name is on the jersey. Like I'm going to war yeah. and you know, I'll, I'll take whoever wants to go with me. That's just my personality. You ever blow out your voice out there yelling? And Actually last week, last week I got home and it was a little raspy <laughs> yeah. and my girlfriend was like, ew, like, what, what is that got all about? A little about? lemon in a tea or something. I know. Loosen it up. <laughs> um, you've spoken a lot about what it means for you to be here in Cincinnati, be playing for the Bengals, to be here in this city. Um, talk to me a little bit about that. I mean, for a guy that has been in so many different cities, what is it about Cincinnati that feels so special to you? Just this organization and how Zach kind of has, you know, from the top down, has it running. Um, the culture is infectious. You know, just you want to be a part of it. You want to be a part of that locker room. There's great guys around here. Um, cultures like that don't, you know, they're few and far between in yeah. the NFL. It's hard to find something like that. Um, I love it here. I get to be myself. I'm happy. I'm a much happier person than I've been in the past. Yeah. 
I'm hoping I can stick around for a little while because, you know, me and my family love it here. Yeah, I know. I mean, people people love you. My family was very excited when I told them when I was interviewing you today. They're like, oh, yes, that's our guy. Crazy redhead. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Okay, so we talked before about you being a a double professional athlete, of course, being uh, drafted by the Pittsburgh Pirates, playing in the MLB, then making your way uh, back to football, into the NFL, to my civilian ass. I'm like, oh, my God, look at this guy go, like, as a kid, for you to imagine being able to achieve those things, and we'll get into, you know, the the downside of what went into that as well. But um, just as a kid, like imagine you have the opportunity to be an athlete and excel at that level in two different sports. It's crazy. Yeah, when I was a kid, I mean, I never really focused on much else but sports. You know, yeah. I, I just said in the back of my mind, I know I'm sure every kid when they're growing up, they're like, oh, I want to be a professional, this, this. But I just had like this belief in myself because mm-hmm. I always knew that I was better. I was going to make it work just kind of how my brain's wired. Like if I have my mind set on something, I'm going to make it happen. And I just knew at the time I thought it was going to be baseball, yeah. but you know, life kind of made me pivot a little bit yeah. and um, ended up being football, but I got blessed with athleticism and, you know, I wanted to make the most of it. So I was watching um, on your foundation's website, the video that you guys have on there with your family and you're, you're talking about all the things that you guys went through. I lasered and I was like, wait, did you only play football in high school for one season? <laughs> one season. What? Yeah. And then How? I kind of got convinced to play because when I was in high school, you know, I, I threw the ball like 96 miles an hour. So yeah. everyone was like, you're going to pitch in the big leagues. Don't get hurt playing football. So I was like, okay, well, I won't play football then. Yeah. Um, and I think it was my junior year. My head baseball coach was like the wider or the quarterback coach for our high school team. And he was like, we're thin at receiver. We need a lot of help. He goes, just come out and see if you like it. And I was like, okay, I can do that. And I, I played one year high school football. And I mean, I got offers from like Tennessee, Florida, Florida State, Miami. Damn. And stupid me, I'm like, I'm going to go play baseball. I have these like head coaches talking to me. Um, didn't play my senior year and then ended up coming full circle and walked on Wild. to South Carolina. That's so yeah. crazy. Yeah. What an insane journey. Um, okay, so now to, to get into, I know you've been very vocal about this stuff, and I applaud you for for being so vocal as a man, as an athlete, to, right. to be able to let people know the things that you've been through. But, yeah, just kind of walk me through some of that stuff of, you know, finding out, you know, baseball is not going to be the move. And, and all the things that went into that, I mean, the physical aspects of things that were going down to that, to how that, you know, really affected you mentally as you were making the pivot to figure out what life was even going to hold for you. Yeah. Like I said, when I was in high school, I mean, I alternated, you know, it was baseball, football, baseball, football. Then I started specializing in baseball. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got drafted by the pirates and I mean, baseball was always really easy. I just picked the ball up and threw it past guys, knew I was better. Um, when I got to, I was down in Bradenton with the, the minor league team. My first season was good. Um, then I came back for like fall instructional league and I don't know, I started overthinking. Um, mm-hmm. it was weird. I ended up getting what's called the yips. Yeah. Where, like I couldn't even like feel the ball in my hand. I was erratic with my control kind of like, you had, like numbness in your hands. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I had like panic attacks on the mound, just wanted to get away. It was awful. And then didn't really know how to deal with it. Cause I was, you know, immature 19 year old and then off the field just spiraled out of yeah. control. You know, yeah. Cause I was embarrassed. I, I mean, I was my family's golden ticket in my mind and right. you know, I had baseball kind of ripped away from me. So, you know, I unfortunately reached for a bottle, pills, whatever I could get my hands on yeah. and kind of put myself in a downward spiral. But, you know, in 2015, I was mature enough to make the decision that I needed to kind of make a, a change mm-hmm. what I was doing. Uh, walked away from baseball, walked on at South Carolina, and um, unfortunately that stuff follows you. And uh, one night I decided, um, tried to cut my wrists and went through all that. 
and tried to you know, take my own life. And it was really, I mean, obviously I would never wish that upon my worst enemy, mm -hmm. but it was kind of the best thing that ever happened to me because when I woke up in the hospital, you know, I was handcuffed to a gurney, oh you know, without gosh. a shirt on, you know, covered in my own blood. And I just kind of like sat there. I was by myself. Um, and I was like, you're not going to be here much longer if you keep down this path, but mm -hmm. like you need to make a complete 180 on what you're doing. So for me, I kind of made that promise to myself, you know, in, in that room, I was like, we're, we're not going to do this again. Yeah. Um, and I really just poured myself into football, just became a maniac. I worked out like two or three times a day. Yeah. You know, there's even some of my buddies at the time, they're like, man, we thought you were, you know, kiss ass just going in there. But for right. me, it was just a mental release. Yeah. Um, yeah. So again, kind of the best and the worst thing that ever happened to me. What were like, what was that build back like for you to go from being on that hospital gurney to like your mental state, your physical state to being like, I got to snap out of this and physically get myself back mentally. Like what were some of those steps that you had to take to, to get to feeling good? It was really hard. Um, cause you know, not many people go through that, that path in life that mm -hmm. I unfortunately had to go through. Um, so you really have to almost reinvent yourself and fall in love with yourself again. So I think it was hard because I felt, you know, like it was me against the world. I felt yeah. like I was by myself, even though even my family was there. But unless you go through something like that or have a family member that goes through it, it's hard to really wrap your brain around taking yeah. your own life or someone fathoming taking their own life. Um, so in my mind, it was really me against the world. Mm -hmm. And I just got to kind of reinvent who Hayden Hurst was. I got to fall in love with myself and really understand who I was as a person. So yeah, it sucked, but it was kind of beautiful at the same time. Yeah. It's crazy how things like that happen. You hit that rock bottom and it's like, how do you get back to where you are? And like, thank God to be, you know, offered that other chance Absolutely. at life to come out and do it. And yeah. I mean, look at you go like crazy. what an inspiration to so many people. Um, what's your advice to somebody that might be going through something like that? For one, um, never make permanent decisions on temporary feelings. That's I love kind of, that. My sister told me that, mm -hmm. you know, when I was going through it, that's one thing that kind of resonates with me. And I try to tell people, um, and the other thing is just take it a day at a time. You know, that's what I do today, mm -hmm. you know, and in my life, my day to day life, you know, I try not to look too far forward or too far back. I'm really just trying to live hour to hour, you know, yeah. trying to be the best man, the best boyfriend, the best brother, son, you know, that I can be in that yeah. hour and then, you know, figure it out from there. Are there other protocols that you think should maybe be in place to help athletes on the mental side of things? Do you think that we're doing enough to, to really give athletes the resources that they need? I think in the last few years, it's definitely the, the tides have turned a little bit. Mm -hmm. You know, when I first got in the league, probably what, five years ago, it was more of a taboo topic. People yeah. didn't like to talk about it, but yeah. you, you know, the more people that come out and start talking about it, share their stories, um, the more people that relate to it, you know, when I, when I get out there and I, you know, give a speech or like tell my story, the coolest thing is when people come up to me and they're like, you know, my sister went through this, my yeah. mom struggles with this, my dad's an alcoholic. Mm -hmm. Cause like I can relate to all that. Yeah. You know, I've had all that stuff in my family. I've seen it firsthand. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's, that's cooler than anybody coming up to me and telling me how good I did for their fantasy football right. team. <laughs> yeah. Well, Hey man, congratulations to you. And again, I mean, I think just for you to be able to, to use your platform and use time to speak about that stuff. I know it's never easy to talk about that stuff and keep rehashing that stuff, but I know that it does obviously help so many people that could be going through right. uh, a similar thing, um, which led to you creating your foundation. Right. Tell me a little bit about your foundation. Yeah. We uh, started it when I got drafted by the Ravens in 2018. You know, it's um, me, my mom, my dad, and my sister helps a little bit too. You know, she's a vet in Atlanta, so she's got her own stuff. Yeah. She'll help wh wherever she can. Um, but it's really my mom. You know, she's the, 
She's a rock star. She takes Your mom looks like she runs a tight ship. Yes, she does. She's very, very type A. She's on top of all of her details. <laughs> yeah. and she makes sure that the rest of us are too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of, I told them, I want you guys to retire. We're going to start a foundation. It's going to focus on, you know, mental health and adolescent suicide prevention. Yeah. Um, and, you know, whatever city that I've been in or played in, you know, Columbia, I did some stuff in Atlanta, did a lot of stuff in Baltimore and then yeah. Jacksonville, our hometown. Mm-hmm. We try to just do like little events to raise money wherever we can. Yeah. Um, just because I know if you can tool kids at a young age, you know, because unfortunately things happen in life. It happens to everybody. We all go through traumas and, and stuff happens. Yeah. So if you can better tool kids to deal with it down the road, you know, that's kind of the age target we're yeah. going after right now. If uh, Hayden Hurst today were talking to Hayden Hurst, you know, many years ago, what would you say? <sighs> Take a step back and appreciate it. Um, man. I was a different person when I was younger, so. Yeah, we all were, right? It's crazy. We're all different people. I mean, when you think of like a year ago to yeah. five years ago, 10 years ago, we all grow and mature and our resources change yeah. and life changes. Yeah. It's like just trying to adapt with it all. Absolutely. I would just take it a day at a time, you know, be the best person you can be. Um, your choices have consequences. Um, yeah, I mean, like I said, you know, I was 10, 11 years ago, the Hayden Hurst that was compared to the Hayden Hurst that is, it's just, I'm very proud of myself for yeah. where I've gotten. I think we all are. Yep. Yep. Hats off to you. Um, okay. On the other side of things, what, what are you into like off the field? What's next for you outside of football? That is a topic that I've been discussing with many people. This oh, year. okay. Um, just trying to figure it out. Cause with all of the responsibilities that come, you know, Monday through Saturday, obviously on Sunday as well with football, it's hard to focus on other stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the grueling, you know, demands of football throughout the week are tough. So it's hard for me because I'm so present in what I'm doing to really be like, you know, I want to do this when I retire. So I really, I'm big on my family. I'm big on, you know, my personal time. And I'm really, I'm not sure, you know, maybe some sort of coaching, you know, yeah. just because I do kind of get joy from helping people. That is like my thing, I guess. Um, and obviously football has done wonderful things. So it'd be cool to stay around the game a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I really don't know. Time will tell. Yes. But not, I mean, you got plenty of time. So. Yes, absolutely. Or yeah. we can all just calm down. <laughs> we'll get there when we get there. Oh, well, listen, Hayden, thank you so much for taking the time. I appreciate it. And again, thanks for uh, being so vocal yeah, about mental yeah. health stuff. I appreciate it. Yeah. All right. This has been Renee All Day with Hayden Hurst, y'all.